When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. Uh, a few housekeeping announcements before we head into one of the best radio journeys that you will ever take. We're talking with author Jane Matthews. She is with us from North Queensland, far North Queensland, where she has become one of the premier tour leaders, bringing Australians and Americans all around Australia. But we'll hear about that journey a little bit later. We're going to start with your journey. She's the author of The Art of Living Alone and Loving It. Uh, And before we just say hello to her, I just want to remind everybody that here in the U.S., we have a new retirement law. It is very uh, overreaching. It is the most impactful law since 2006, and I've done a complete analysis of it for you as it specifically impacts seven ways that it's going to touch your retirement if you're a boomer, a mature, already retired, or 10 years before retirement. There's 29 different changes. I've highlighted the top seven. All you have to do is go to generationboldradio.com, and you can hear on um, our post number 26 everything you need to know. And if you want to get more information on that or you want to get our podcasts sent to you, just give me your email address. It's right there on the podcast player. And uh, we'll get you lots of information. So that's generationboldradio.com. Now let's turn our attention to, to Jane Matthews, The Art of Living Alone and Loving It. Uh, so thank you first for being on our show from all the way from far north Queensland, oh, Australia. You're welcome. So let's dive into one thing. Uh, you mentioned in your book that people give and get a lot of useless advice if they feel lonely, particularly if they become a widow or divorced or whatever it is. Oh, you know, get out more, go online, do this, do that. And you say, that doesn't work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I find it incredibly patronizing, the advice that's given online about loneliness. So the sort of media sound bites are things like loneliness is the silent epidemic or loneliness is like the equivalent of smoking 15 15 cigarettes a day you know it's just trite you know what we really want to know is what we can do to combat it and the advice that's given on the internet is incredibly unhelpful and they say things like go out call your friends and sometimes that works and sometimes it really doesn't and you know get a pet I just find it incredibly unhelpful. And so I've taken a sort of step back and said, listen, you know, we need to look at two parts of it. One is in your mind and being mentally really strong and resilient and liking yourself. And the other thing is really practical steps that you can take to combat loneliness, like, you know, really, really practical things that you can do. Well, we're going to get into both those uh, aspects of it. Now, I, let's start for a moment with the more liking yourself. I, I said something to Jane Matthews. I don't think she believed me. I said I've never been lonely, right? And I, I felt that all the way from North Queensland, that intake of breath 
who's she kidding kind of thing. Let me tell you why and why this book is so fascinating and why I think everyone should have a copy, even if they don't feel lonely. This, this did a lot for me. And I'm a person who's saying I've never been lonely. It's called The Art of Living Alone and Loving It. And I'll tell you, Jane, why I say that. I was an only child, and I was left to my own devices a lot because my father died. My mom had to go out to work. And I began to cherish my solitude. And in only two books that I've ever read my whole life, one is called Solitude, the other one is your book, The Art of Living Alone and Loving It, did I see the appreciation of solitude. I was the person, and thank God for cell phones, because I used to talk to myself. I made myself my best companion, and I loved it. And I used to talk to myself, but now with cell phones, everybody looks like they're talking to themselves, so they don't think I'm crazy when I'm walking in the street. But tell us about this idea of cherishing the time that you have and who you are as your own companion. I think you've really hit the nail on the head because the the most important thing is that you like yourself. And if you don't like yourself, you're the person who you spend the most time with. And if you don't like the person who you are, then it's a problem, you know? And so I think you have to really work at enjoying the person who you are. And I think you're absolutely right. There's a big thing about solitude versus loneliness. And I think if you embrace solitude and you think about, I think solitude is loneliness is sort of nicer sister, you know, and that you can actually, solitude is something that you want to be with and loneliness is not. And I think, that's really important, and I think it's, you know, you learn to love solitude and not so much loneliness. But I think it's, I think, I think it's absolutely possible to enjoy it, and I think you really have to work at it. I mean, my point about living alone and loving it is, it takes work. You can't. It's not going to come to you. You have to go to it. You know, you have to be proactive. You have to embrace it you have to you know make put things in your diary and your calendar you know i think it takes a little bit of work that's my that's what i what i believe and i've done it you know i've been incredibly lonely on you know and there are sometimes on christmas day or things you know and it's just you you prepare for them you know you prepare you put things in your calendar and you work at it and, you know, I, I, I want everyone to know that while it may not be in your local bookstore, uh, The Art of Living Alone and Loving It is very instructive. It is also a how-to book. As Jane Matthews, the author, says, there's a practical side of this, and she's bringing it out right now. Uh, and, and before we get into some of the practicality, I do want to mention one of the, the emotionality. You're a, you're a tour guide, and I travel all over the world, and I often do it alone. And during the week... I may go to a Broadway show or a North Broadway show three or four times and eat in a restaurant alone. Now, I'm married. I've been married almost 50 years, and my husband goes with me a lot. But I love the time together. So what I want, the time together with my other self, my solitude self. So what I want to point out to everybody before we get into the practicalities is, uh, as Jane says, there's one thing I have to practice, and that is, making sure I know that nobody cares that I'm sitting there by myself. Nobody cares. They are not looking at you. They're not saying, why is she by herself? They're not saying, you know, she's not good enough to be with somebody else. you got to get over that, or you won't have the peace 
and enjoyment of solitude you can. Tell us a little bit about how you did that. You you got divorced, and yet you found yourself. What was your process in it? I so agree with that, honestly. It's just uh, I'm smiling when you're saying that because it's so, so true. And, you know, going out to eat by yourself, you can sit at the... Often a lot of restaurants now have a sort of bar set up where you know where you can sit with other people or next to people or on a communal table. And I think it, you know you should not let being alone stop you from doing anything at all. And more and more and more people are dining alone. It's the biggest growing trend. It's the same with travel. You know more and more of us are traveling by ourselves. And I think it's you're absolutely right. It should not stop you from doing anything. No one is going to judge you. Everyone is thinking about themselves. Everyone is thinking, should I have the pasta or the spaghetti or you know or the salad? They're not looking at you. You know, no one is judging you. And as I say, more and more and more people are doing this. This is the biggest growing trend. Single people, people living by themselves is the fastest growing demographic in the world. So 10% of the people in America live by themselves. One in four households are people who live by themselves in America. You know, it's a huge growing trend. And for travel, you know, the single supplement is becoming a thing of the past, hopefully. You know, there's a great solo traveler blog, you know, that has got all of the solo traveler things listed it's just becoming it's not uh we're not pariahs anymore you know we're not no like lepers carrying our bell before us you know it's yeah, and fine. you know we're going to take a little absolutely break absolutely fine we're going to take a little break now and i'm going to say apropos what jane matthews is talking about we're going to talk a little bit about her life as a tour guide too uh but for those of you who are single travelers uh my latest blog you'll see at adrian berg aging for beginners an article called The Ageless Traveler and Travel Buddies uh, and some of the other blogs that Jane Matthews is, is talking about where you can travel by yourself uh, without a single supplement. It's all on there. Now, why is that? Because boomers are booming. There were 78 million of us in the United States of America born between the ages of 1946 uh, and 1964. And uh, sometimes we are by ourselves, but we want to get out there. So we're going to talk about how to make this journey more practical for you. With the art of living alone and loving it, don't go anywhere. For my age. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit, because I am happy. And hello, hello, hello. This is one of those shows that I am just so proud that we have the airwaves to bring out to you. The Art of Living Alone and Loving It. Jane Matthews, we're going to go a little bit deeper. But if you really want to make a change, you really have to take some action. And Jane's going to tell you about some of that action. One of them is getting the book. I mean, I tell you the truth. This is called Generation Bowl, The Fountain of Truth. My name is Adrian Berg, and if you don't know me, you can just Google AdrianBerg.com, A-D-R-I-A-N-E-B-E-R-G.com, if you happen to be just browsing the, the airways and you see the show. Uh, I'm a speaker all over the world on successful aging, uh, consultant, 
to a lot of companies that want to cater to what we call the boomer, the mature, and the caregiver of the mature. And I know the problems. And one of those problems is loneliness. And it isn't easy because the normal thing to think about is that you're not with other people. And that's the real problem of loneliness. I'm never lonely, but it's not because I'm with other people. It's because I'm with me. And I grew up that way. Uh, it is a sink or swim. I was an only child with a single mom who had to go out to work. So I had a companion. I made a name for that companion. And as I got older, that companion disappeared. But it was a staple for me to have a good time together with myself. Not an easy thing to do. But I was brought up that way. So I am one of those people, Jane, who are like a rich person who says money isn't important. You know, it's all right to say it's not important if you got money. But I realize now through your book, The Art of Living Alone and Loving It, how important it is to really love yourself. I had it for many reasons, mostly my mother. Uh, so I want to talk about her for a moment. The old, she lived till 92, and she lived alone uh, for most of her life. And one of the things she said to me, Jane, was, I miss being touched. Sometimes, these are real, her real words that made me cry. She said, sometimes my skin hurts. because That's the one thing that she missed, the physical touch. And you mentioned that. And you bravely mentioned that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I, I don't like massages, and I've never really been a massage person. And someone said, after I got divorced, my husband left, and I didn't really know why. He just walked out, and I never expected to be divorced. This was about 10 years ago. And someone said, and I suddenly did lots and lots of massages, and I didn't really know why. And they, you said, they said you have a sort of a hunger for touch, you know. Someone, you're missing someone touching you. And it suddenly all made sense that actually I just missed someone, anyone, touching me because no one was touching me anymore. And so even for a girl who didn't really like massages, suddenly I, I that was it. That was the reason that I missed a touch, you know, a, a human touch. And uh, I hadn't really worked that out. That was that was the reason why. And suddenly that completely made sense to me. And, you know, when you're by yourself, you have to recalibrate a lot of what was normal isn't normal anymore. Yeah. You know, you have to really work at it. And um, so I've recalibrated a lot of my life to be alone. And um, that was one of them. I just sort of thought, oh not because I really suddenly yep. like massages. It's because, you know, I needed it. Yes. Now, one of the things that I want everybody to know, and I, I was mentioning that I've been a, I am a consultant to a lot of companies, some of them are nonprofits, and you'd be interested in this, Jane, for us here in the U.S., there is a nonprofit called Tender Touch for All. It is a nonprofit that goes into assisted livings and nursing homes and gives massages. Isn't that amazing? And I had the privilege of... I completely of, get know. that. People need to be yeah. touched. Yeah, I... I you know, I, we I need to be touched. Yeah, I was a consultant when they started as a not-for-profit to get them into the assisted livings, and it was one man uh, made, made by himself into a really major non-profit tender touch for all. 
if anybody's listening and their parents, their older parents or their caregivers or they're in the assisted living industry, we need to be touched and in the art of living alone and loving it. Jay Matthew teaches us not to be ashamed of it. It is part of the fact that what she calls we're part of a herd. So let, let's talk about that now. In your book, you do say, look, we're supposed to be in a group. We are. So tell us some of the practical things that you did in your own life and you help people in the book know you've got tools here. And I'd like to hear, hear from of, you at some of those that are most effective. One of the things I, I believe is that you actually have to be – there are two parts to it. The one is a mental part where you actually have to – teach yourself to be very resilient and strong and I talk about that in the book and I never expected the whole chapter kind of wrote itself literally about mentally being strong and then the rest of the the rest of the book is really practicalities about relationships about spirituality about your home about your work really your health, really your finances, really practical, practical things. But the, um, yeah, so one of the one of the things, for example, about what we said about having to really like yourself and being proactive. So I don't wait for friends to ring me. I actually put things in my diary. I book tickets for plays or whatever, you know, so that friends will... You know, I have things already in my calendar, so people, you know, I have things to look forward to. And friends, you know, they are, I think you have to, I know it sounds very callous, but you have to separate them into drains and radiators. Yes, and, you know, I love you do that. not want to hang around drains too much. You know, you really have to associate with the radiators, and you want to be a radiator yourself, you know, and you need to spend time with them. So I think, you know, you need to look at every aspect of your life from relationships, your home, spirituality, finances, interests, all all of those things and actually really recalibrate yourself for a solo life. So, for example, for your home, you know, what will really suit you? Everything, like having a big wall of pictures of your friends photographs of your friends in front of you you know that's a great thing to do and having your house exactly the way you want it you know you don't have to compromise for anyone else just have your home the way you want it and make sure when you walk in the door there's a welcome your home walks up to greet you you know I just think little things I've got a wall in my bedroom at the moment I have it like a pinboard wall and it's full of pictures of peonies, my favorite flower. And So when we come back, you know, Jane, we're going to be take, we're going to take a little bit of a break again. As I say, I always apologize to the guests because at time comes when we've got to pay the bills. Uh, and I love also light a candle, many very environmental things that we have in the art of, live, of living alone and loving it. Very practical things, very emotional things. When we come back, though, we're going to get to something extremely emotional and practical. Toxic friends. Jane kind of mentioned it with the radiators and the drains. Don't you go anywhere. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit, because I am happy and I'm freely. 
Yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you a couple of thoughts come to mind. First of all, in terms of toxic friends here in the, I love your drain radiator. Here we usually say, oh, toxic friends, very negative people. I uh, will tell you that as we grow older, we become more toxic to others because we talk about our ailments. One of my funniest and most read blogs was, stop talking about your health at restaurants. I am so sick and tired of hearing about somebody's procedure while I'm having a parfait. I'm just, they, they become toxic. People who were, yeah, it's true. People who were not toxic, some of my best friends when we were younger, all of a sudden are seeing themselves as a patient. All they are are patients. They're, they're a list of their procedures and ailments. Stop it. So I'm very, very tough about that. Where I'm very not tough, Jane, is I have a, some radiator friends who bring along drains because they can't say no to them. And now I have yeah. to be with them. And I, I and it's bad. And sometimes I have to, I was in a situation at a, at a gala where my friend who I want to go to a show with, we already had a show, the person I do not like to be with said, oh, I want to go. Now, what are you do? I mean, you know, you can't be that crass and that bad. And I, uh, I was going to say yes and get her a ticket. But this was a wonderful gala with a buffet. And everybody loved it. And this woman said, you know, they took my plate away three times. Oh, my God. If you would have seen what a wonderful occasion it was, and the only thing she could think of was a negative. And that's all. And this is a homey little thing, and I feel so petty. But it it really put a pall on my wanting to go to that show. I did not. I knew what would happen. It would have been a constant barrage of negativity. So I bring it out to our audience only because if you read The Art of Living Alone and Loving It, you get some some good information of how to be polite and get away from the drains, uh, and that's important. But you did you also mentioned what to me is like a magic word, and that is volunteer. Uh, you volunteer, you meet the right people, but don't volunteer to meet the right people. So let's talk about that. How you pick what you want to do, whether it's volunteer or work, or, or a show or a trip, not in order to meet others, because that's that's very needy, but because you really want it. So explain that, where you have to clear out what you don't want and do things that you do want, and that really helps a lot with meeting the right people. I think it's a really good point, because what you want to do is find something that you're interested in. So whether you have a loved one that has passed away from a particular disease or and you feel passionate about that or you feel... Anyway, the, the thing that resonated with me is food because I'm a big foodie and the thing that resonated with me was wasted food. So I have... Um, I volunteer for here in Australia, a charity called Oz Harvest, and it exists in America. There's New York Harvest. There's lots of them, and it's a food rescue charity. So we pick up food that would otherwise be thrown away, and we take it to people who need it and eat it. So it's a very, very simple operation. We literally pick up food from restaurants, from factories, that would, there was food that was going to be thrown away and we take it to charities and they distribute it to people who need to eat it. So it's, it's a really, really simple thing. 
am I love it? Am I do it? Am I uh, I uh, last Monday I was picking through Qantas aeroplane breakfast meals, picking away the food that like muffins in a in a plastic bag and fruit that hadn't been touched and we take it all away and give it to people who need it. And I've made friends with the people I'm on the shift with, and I've made huge friends through it. And it's been an incredibly, um, you know, I've just learned so much from it. And, um, yeah, it's been a wonderful experience. But I think there obviously everyone can find the thing that they are most interested in and, you know, feel resonates with them, a charity. And, do it. Absolutely do it, do it, do it. And, you know, and, and don't judge what you like. Uh, I, I'm going to be my mom up again because my charity, everybody knows, all my listeners know, is Good Grief. It's for children who lost a parent early in life, and that makes sense because I'm one of those people. And in those days, there wasn't anybody, uh, any grief, childhood grief, who knew about it, right? So my mom said something that you would like, Jane. She um, was... Um, a widow very early in life, and uh, she had to go out to work, and I was alone. And somebody said to her, I'll never forget it, somebody said to her, and I didn't even realize it was an important thing until reading your book. How do you like that? Somebody said, oh, your child is alone. My mother said, she's not alone. She's by herself. And yeah, yeah. Um, and think about that for a minute. That's just your message. You're not alone. You're by yourself. So like yourself, enjoy it, and have your life purpose. And we come back. Uh, I, I gave uh, Jane uh, Matthews, author of The Art of Living Alone and Loving It, fair warning. She mentions in her toolkit in the book, tool number nine. It's Japanese concept of purpose. Uh, I think she she taught me how to say ikigai. I hope I'm saying it right, ikigai, I-K-I-G-A-I, ikigai. And I want her to talk about that a little bit because one of the the major things that we lose sometimes as we get older, even if we're not alone, even if we're not widows or widowers or divorced, is we lose our life purpose, even as a couple sometimes. So this is so important. The art of living alone and loving it is not just about being alone. People who feel lonely is for everybody. We'll be right back. I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. For my age, da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit. Cause I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age, da 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 da. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And we're, we're all over the place now. Uh, of course, please go to Bottom Line Personal Adrian Berg. You'll find our blog there. Go to adrianberg.com. You'll find the speaking topics. You'll find videos. I just came back from Denver speaking about aging at the aquarium. What do you think of that one? We had 200 people show up. Uh, also, if you are doing a keynote or if you have an event or a training, particularly if you want to get your staff to understand more about the business of aging and how to deal with boomers, seniors, caregivers, the mature, let me know. And how do you do it? You just go to adrianberg.com or you go directly to our radio show, generationboldradio.com. 
So the art of living alone and loving it. Now, of course, you can go to Amazon. You can get the book on Amazon. We have the author Jane Matthews with us right now from north, from far north Queensland. I have been there. Fantastic rainforest, beautiful place. She is guiding 15 people who are all adults, shall we say, around Australia. That's what she has reimagined her life to be a tour guide after her divorce. She's also a great author, as you're hearing right now. Now, before we go any further, other than Amazon, Jane, how else can we, we uh, you have your own website that we should know about? Yeah, I'm au, and it's also available on Audible. The book uh-huh. is available on Audible. Did you read it, or, did, or is there somebody reading it? No, I read it, and I actually had to, I actually had to interview to read it myself. <laughs> So I actually had to do an interview, um, and I had to do a test and to see whether they would like my voice. But they did, which was lucky. So I did I'm know so I jealous. read my own book. Yeah, I am so jealous. You know, I, I'm, I got 14 books out, and they listen to my voice. I'm a radio broadcaster, for heaven's sake. Oh, you're too Brooklyn. You're too New York. Thank no. you. If I had I, I I'm going to pretend to have a British English. accent. I don't know, but I... Anyway, That's they liked it. it, so uh, yeah, so I, I'm the person. I know you have such a beautiful voice. I'm going to pretend to be British next time. Oh, I'm going to tell them. But change all my resume. I love your voice, you know. <laughs> I have to say, you know, people do hear my voice. I was at a, a talkers conference, and I was in the, the ladies' room, and somebody asked me a question, and I answered it from the stall, and someone else said, "Oh, I know who she is." So yeah, I have a distinctive oh, voice, uh, but. It, Apparently it's not good enough for Audible, but we'll see. So, The Art of Living Alone and Loving It, and uh, Jane Matthews is J-A-N-E-M-A-T-H-E-U-S dot com dot A-U. You've got to remember the A-U for Australia. All right. So, uh, we, we want to talk about Ikigai. This is a question of having a life purpose. And tell us a little bit about it and how you got your own life purpose as a reinvented individual and a tour guide. Well, Ikigai is a, it's not my invention at all. You know, it's a, it's a Japanese way of looking at your life's purpose. And I talk about it in the book, but you can just Google it and you can find your own Ikigai, which is a way of finding your life's purpose. But, you know, not everyone has to have a life's purpose. I, don't, I think there's a lot of pressure put on us, just like I am meant to put on the earth for this thing. Not all of us have that, and that's fine. And it, sometimes it creeps up on you, you know, it's it's okay. But, you know, I never thought I'd write a book. And then when I got divorced, I wanted a book. Well, when I was in midlife, I wanted to find a book. And so I wrote a book called Midlife Manifesto because I couldn't find a book that I wanted. And then when I found my husband left and I wanted a book about living alone, and I I never expected to live alone, so... I wrote, wrote a book about that. You know, things suddenly creep up on you. You never know what's going to happen to you. So, but I think the the most important important thing about living alone, is, as I said, is being proactive in life. You know, the idea here is uh, not to not to let things happen to you, but to make everything happen. And one of the things you made happen was uh, to become a, a tour guide. Now, that's not an easy thing. 
And I think it's no, the world has totality. It's tough. Tell us a little bit about it. No, I'm, absolutely, because I'm 58 and I worked in advertising my whole career. And the average age in Australia for someone, probably in the world, for someone working in an advertising agency is 27. And I went to advertising agencies and, you know, they would look at me and say, I think I would go to an agency for a meeting and they would say, they would say, not can I help you, but they, can I help you? And they would think I should was obviously clearly not in the right building or in the right, you know, I was globally right. lost or something or should be on the community bus or right. um, anyway. Why so aren't you at the I senior citizen centre? Yeah, and so I reinvented myself as a tour guide. And luckily, at I'm 58, um, They every single company I've gone to, I went back to um, college, community college, did a course, and every single company I've gone to has accepted me. They want me to work for them. And so because I'm the perfect age, because I'm... Yep. I've got life experience, and but I can deal with older people. I'm, you know, I'm organised, and I'm compassionate, and I'm, I understand what's going on. So, it's actually been an incredible second career for me, and so now I'm in far north Queensland, in Australia, doing things. Like today, I spent a day with an Aboriginal guide. We saw Australian. We saw cave drawings you know 2000 years old i've you know i see dolphins i see it's extraordinary the things that i've been doing and i would never have done them had i probably probably if i hadn't got divorced actually but i just i just every day is a extraordinary experience for me well i have to and i love i have a lot of i have a lot of american clients and they are you know, it's really lovely to introduce them to the wonders of Australia, and they just go, oh, you know, I take them I to it's Uluru, an amazing to place. Rock. It's an amazing yeah. place. And I've been there, I, I, I guess I've spent a total of about six weeks or seven weeks of my life in Australia, and it's wonderful. Yeah. However, what isn't wonderful is we're at the end of our show. And I have to thank you so much for being with us. Such an inspiration. The Art of Living Alone and Loving It, Jane Matthews. Uh, And you know what? This is the kind of show where I can say from the heart, I showed you how to do this. Get out there, kids, and make it happen. 